Welcome to another episode of the Thwipcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down my top 10 DC stories in my comic collection. If you haven't checked out my latest episode, I did a breakdown of the newly announced DCU uh, from James Gunn, so make sure to check that out if you haven't already. Also, make sure to go check out my Batman v Superman trailer that I made that I will have the link down below. For some reason, I have no idea why the views have like exploded on it, so I'd really appreciate if anyone could give that um, a watch and maybe share it around. If you feel like it, I'd really appreciate it. I believe it's my best trailer I've made so far, so I'm really proud of it, and I'm really glad that it's getting the attention it is, but please, if you haven't seen it, give it a watch and share it around if you feel like it. So I'm going to get started in my top 10 list. At number 10, I have Superman Batman Volume 1. This is a collected edition. It includes the world's finest, um, also known as Public Enemies story, um, Protégé, and the Supergirl from Krypton. And I included this because it is a collected edition. It's one book, but it's the continued story throughout the entire collection. So it explores a set of stories that delve into Superman and Batman's partnership. It's very iconic for that reason. So I'm going to break down what World's Finest revolves around, and that is a kryptonite asteroid is heading for Earth. And Lex Luthor, who is president of the United States, claims that Superman caused this asteroid to potentially put the entire earth in danger and superman and batman are named enemies of the state and then luther sends like a bounty out to supervillains and heroes for them to stop them and batman and superman are pursued by all kinds of characters i'm not going to spoil who shows up but it gets very very intense there's a lot of surprises in it, and it's a very well-written story. I'm going to skip ahead to the Supergirl from Krypton because Protégé is like a smaller story. It's like a side mission, almost, with uh, Superboy and Robin. But the Supergirl from Krypton revolves around Supergirl arriving in a pod that was in that kryptonite asteroid, and Batman becomes suspicious of her arrival. It's very coincidental that she arrived the same time the asteroid did. And then Wonder Woman abducts and trains Supergirl on Themyscira, and then tragedy ensues. So it's very surprising. Um, more amazing writing by Jeff Loeb. The art is incredible. It's from the late Michael Turner, and Turner will always be one of my favorite comic book artists. But this book is, it's so well done. It's iconic for that pairing of Superman and Batman going on their own adventures. It further develops their history with each other. And it also showcases how Batman is so aware of Superman. And he has all these fail-safes in place in case Superman goes evil. But yeah, it's a very interesting story. It's one of, or if not, the very first DC book I was given. And I do have the Batman Mask of the Phantasm movie adaptation like, as the graphic novel. That was probably my first one, but that was passed down to me. But this book was one of the first on my shelf for DC, and I will always appreciate it. It's very rereadable. I highly recommend to anyone. And that's Superman Batman Volume 1. At number 9, I have Kingdom Come. Now, a lot of people will probably have this like very high in their lists. I'm just going based off on what I have in my collection, and I'm also a huge Batman fan, so that may influence my higher up rankings, but Kingdom Come is an quote-unquote Elseworlds miniseries. It's written by Mark Wade and Alex Ross, and also illustrated by Alex Ross. Please go check out his art if you haven't. It's so awesome and detailed. 
He puts a lot of work into it, especially on characters like Iron Man and Ultron. Just the way he illustrates the metal and the reflectiveness of it is so well done. It always blows my mind how it's so detailed. But um, yeah, so Kingdom Come revolves around, it's like a, a future in the DC universe. The Justice League are disbanded. New heroes have emerged, but they're like let off the leash, like they're causing mass destruction. And Superman has to bring back the Justice League to stop worldwide annihilation. Um, this is a very highly regarded story for many, that's why I mentioned that it's probably very high in other people's rankings compared to mine. But I did enjoy this story. Again, the art from Alex Ross will always be a selling point for me. It's one of the most iconic DC events. It's a very different story, but it's so well done. It's kind of told from the perspective of someone else too. I'm not going to spoil anything in that regard, but it's not directly like a third person view on this universe. It's in a way a first person view through someone else on what's happening in the story. It's much like um, Marvel's from Alex Ross as well. So just someone living in the greater mythology of this universe. I can't wait to see this story adapted in some way in the future. I know it's going to be a very hard one to pull off considering how many people are in it how developed that universe should probably be to uh, get it, even though they could do it at any point. But I'd prefer it to have a more like established universe, even though it is an Elseworlds story you could do at any time. But yeah, Kingdom Come, very well done. Mark Wade, Alex Ross, always great to uh, read content from them. Number eight, I have Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is a, another very iconic storyline. It's the first major crossover event DC had, and it's the second major crossover event ever because Secret Wars came first in 1984. This one came out in 1985. It's written by Marv Wolfman, who is a legend in the comics industry. It's also illustrated by the late George Perez, who illustrated Infinity Gauntlet. He's also one of my favorite comic book artists. This story was a universe reset for DC. It destroys the concept of the multiverse in this um, universe. So it revolves around the Anti-Monitor, who is a high-level villain, goes on a wave of eliminating different Earths in the multiverse, and the Monitor, which is the good version of the Anti-Monitor, assembles a group of heroes to go after the Anti-Monitor and stop him from basically destroying the multiverse. It's very spoilery after this, so I'm not going to mention anything else, but it's basically a big culmination. We see characters from all over the DC universe come together. It has many deaths. I'm not going to explain any of that. I'm just going to say there are many deaths. Um, it's very impactful on the future of DC Comics, considering that it is a crisis event which then influenced many other crisis events to just continuously reset the continuity in the DC universe. The crisis event was basically just an excuse to when a story arc was finished or it was getting to the point where it was being dragged on too long, they'd do a crisis event and completely reset everything. And then they'd start from ground zero on these characters again, do another arc, do a crisis event, reset everything. And some elements of these crisis events would carry on, but for the most part, it would be a complete reboot. You can see the similarities that this story has with Secret Wars in the sense that like this being assembles all these heroes together, they have to stop something. And yeah, so Wolfman's writing is very engaging. The art is very iconic. There's some of the most iconic panels in comic book history you'll see in it. It's one of the highest regarded comics in general and it's very rereadable. The edition I have is the deluxe edition. It has the like whole history of the DC universe included in it and that was very like, it would help anyone who's new to DC, like, understand the universe and 
how it is where it is right now, or I guess at the time, but I'm not sure if this would be a great starting point to read DC. I'd recommend doing more like solo stories before hopping into a big event like this, but it's up to you. You could do it if you want. It just resets basically everything that they were doing back then. So Crisis on Infinite Earths, very well done. Highly recommend to anyone. And yeah, moving on to number seven, which is Batman Under the Red Hood. This is one of the most important stories to Batman's character. It was written by Judd Winnick and illustrated by Doug Mank. The idea behind the story sprung from Batman Hush, which was 2002 to 2003, I believe. And this was 2005, I believe. I'll double check that. So yeah, it was 2004, Under the Red Hood came out, so it was inspired by what happens in Batman Hush. I'm not going to spoil that either, but you can check that out too, it's very well done. It's not on this list, but um, it is very good. But uh, Under the Red Hood revolves around Jason Todd, who was the second Robin, uh, returns from the dead. I think it's fair that with the amount of time these stories have been out to say that, yes, Robin did die um, in a story called A Death in the Family. Also very well done. The Joker killed Jason Todd when he was Robin, and Batman felt very responsible for that. In this story, Jason Todd returns from the dead. He dons the identity of the Red Hood, which was inspired by Joker's first outfit. I'll get into that later. But Batman has to figure out why Jason is back and why he is so violent, because Jason as the Red Hood is so relentless. He's brutal. He doesn't hold back on his um, missions. But Batman has to bring him back to the good side. And he has to go through reliving the guilt of partly being the reason why he died, because he didn't make it in time to save him from the Joker that he's the reason why Robin died, and he has never been the same since then. We kind of see that in Batman v Superman, where Batman's rageful and he's killing people because he's lost his sense of direction and realized that there's no good people out there and that they all need to suffer and be put in the ground. So we don't see that in this comic, but just the guilt that Batman has to carry that Robin died is a big plot point in this. And multiple characters are involved, I'm not going to explain who to not spoil it, but it's so incredibly done in all aspects, it's super engaging. It's a deep and meaningful story for Batman's character, in the sense that a child he took on to be his protege died as a result of his choice to bring him in. If he had not caught Jason Todd trying to take the wheels off his Batmobile, he wouldn't be dead. So Batman has to deal with that, but it's very well done. And I have to say, the art from Doug Mank is just so well done, like it's so iconic. His Red Hood illustration will always be what I see in my head when I think of Red Hood. There's been many other interpretations of it since then, but Doug Mank's version will always be the version I see in my head when I think Red Hood. Moving on to number 6, I have Flashpoint. This is another super iconic story for the DC Universe. It's written by Jeff Johns and illustrated by Andy Kubert. It revolves around Barry Allen waking up and everything is completely different. It's in a world where his mother is alive, his father is dead, the Mascara and Atlantis are at war, Batman is Thomas Wayne, and Superman is in a prison. I'm not going to say anything more than that because it's very spoilery, but I highly recommend this. It's very well written. The Omnibus includes all the side stories that the Flashpoint Paradox movie taps into. This will always be an iconic comic event. The main story itself is a pretty small book. It gets to the point though you just lose the kind of explanation why Wonder Woman is at war, Thomas Wayne is Batman, and Superman is in a prison, and all that. So 
Flashpoint is very impactful. Go check it out. And moving on. So the next one I have is New Gods by Jack Kirby. This is a very classic DC story. All of it is Jack Kirby's original characters for DC after leaving Marvel for a short time. I had little to no knowledge of this story before getting it. I got it just at the beginning of COVID actually. So that was a COVID book for me. Read it pretty fast considering all the time we had in lockdown, but uh, it revolves around the conflict between two planets, which is New Genesis and Apocalypse. You may recognize the name Apocalypse because that is Darkseid's home world and he rules it. Darkseid is the overarching villain of this story. It's a vast mythology in Kirby's universe. They haven't been appearing as often as other DC heroes have in like culmination events, but there's very interesting characters like Orion, there's Darkseid, Light Ray, and Highfather. I personally view this as masterful. This is probably one of Jack Kirby's best creations ever. His creativity is unmatched. It has the amazing, iconic Kirby art. It could be hard to read since it's old, but the overall story is so incredible. And I highly recommend to anyone looking for a mythological or artistic read. It is in a collected edition, so um. And they have tried to uh, continue this story. Jerry Conway did it, Marv Wolfman also did it. But yeah, so New Gods has been around for a long time. It's very mythological. It's very much in its own spot of the DC universe, but it has come together with the rest of the heroes. At times it's been rare, but they have. And this is basically where Darkseid began. It wasn't his first appearance, but this is where you get his history and all of that. And Darkseid is like the Thanos level villain of the DC universe, so go check out New Gods. Moving on, I have Batman Year One. This was Frank Miller's retelling of Bruce's return to Gotham. It's very well illustrated by David Mazzucchelli. It's like iconic art. It's one of the most iconic Batman stories and just DC stories in general too. It revolves around Batman's first year in Gotham. It also revolves around Jim Gordon's introduction to the GCPD. So he's just been transferred to Gotham and both of them tackle the corruption and the grimy city that is Gotham City. But yeah, Frank Miller's direction to Batman is a much darker approach. It's iconic, but he redefined Batman very much in the same way he did to Daredevil. It is a darker story, definitely read it, and it's definitely a great start to reading Batman. You could really start like anywhere, but this is basically building off of his origin. Like we all know what happens. His parents are murdered in the alley and he becomes Batman. But this taps into what happened exactly in his first year. There are appearances by other characters. I'm not gonna spoil who they are. I'm gonna save that for a surprise, but this has partly been inspiration for a few projects. At number three, I have Batman The Long Halloween. This is, again, one of the most iconic DC or just Batman stories in general. It's been the inspiration behind movies like The Dark Knight and The Batman. Because it's so highly regarded, there's been many like filmmakers that have taken inspiration from this book. It takes place in year two of Batman's career. It is written by Jeff Loeb and has amazing and unique art by Tim Sale. It revolves around a serial killer named Holiday that commits murders on every holiday like major holiday of the year, and the murders start on Halloween. So this spans well into like over a year because that's what means it's the long Halloween. So Batman, Gordon, and Harvey Dent have to solve the case. This features tons of Batman characters. I'm not gonna spoil it again. I will always read this when I have a chance. 
Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale are awesome together, so definitely check this out. They have a sequel to this called Batman Dark Victory, which is also very well done. And then they have like a little prequel called Batman Haunted Night. So you can check out the entire trilogy if you want. But The Long Halloween, in my opinion, is the best one. Dark Victory comes to a very close second place. It's like, after reading that one, I felt like I appreciated The Long Halloween even more. But Dark Victory is still incredible. I think it's a very well done sequel. It has a ton of surprises too, so check that out if you haven't. But The Long Halloween also got a animated adaptation as much of these stories have. So I haven't heard if it's great, but... The book will always be one of my favorites. It's near the beginning of when I was collecting DC. I know it was a Christmas gift and I just read it like three times in the Christmas break because it was so good. But um, yeah, so Batman The Long Halloween at number three. At number two, I have Watchmen. And this is regarded as one of the best written books of all time, like just in general, like graphic novels, comics, just books in general. It's written by Alan Moore and illustrated by Dave Gibbons. It's a political commentary using superheroes and then political commentary I have like in quotes because that's how other people have described it. It's not directly in the main DC universe. It's published by DC but it's in its own thing. Like there's no Superman or Batman in this part of the universe. It's a very much more of a mature story, has very dark themes, and it revolves around a universe set in an alternate version of the 1980s, where superheroes are outlawed, and there's a killer that goes after a member of the Watchmen called the Comedian and murders him. And there's a vigilante from the Watchmen named Rorschach, who is one of my favorite comic characters. But he investigates the killing and believes the killer is targeting all superheroes that are left after the superhero ban. And the Watchmen team have to somewhat come together to figure out what's happening. They're kind of split into different kinds of stories, like I'm not going to reveal too much, but there's the one Rorschach is tackling where he's getting help from other members to solve who's murdering superheroes and then there's one with a character called Dr. Manhattan who is like a god who is dealing with the public um, backlash of him because he's like a living nuclear weapon so there's all of that but it all ties together in the end there's multiple twists and it's one of the smartest written stories I've ever read the art is super engaging and it can be graphic at times but as long as you know going into this it's a more mature story than you should be okay like you know what you're getting into it's a super well written story again it's one of the best i've ever read i will always regard it as a masterpiece although i don't view it as alan moore's masterpiece i view this as like just from start to finish a very well like a solid story great art great characters and if you haven't seen it check out Zack snyder's watchman movie it's one of the most faithful adaptations of anything. It's very well done, well shot. It very well recreates the comic panels. Like just the attention to detail he has in the movie is so well done. And the cast plays each character very well. So yeah, check that out. Preferably the ultimate cut because there's a side story in this that is not included in the theatrical cut or the director's cut. So the ultimate cut includes like the main movie and there's a side story that's like woven into the uh, timeline as it would in the comic. So be sure to check out Watchmen. Now on to number one, Batman the Killing Joke. So this is a short story. I actually own the first printing of the story. It was passed down to me, but it's the very first printing. It's a smaller scale Batman story. It only includes Batman, Joker, 
Jim Gordon and Barbara Gordon. It revolves around the Joker terrorizing Jim Gordon and exploring his own origin. There's so many iconic scenes and lines, like Tropical Joker. I'm not going to get into what that is, so you'll find out for yourself, but yes, we do get Joker in Tropical attire. So this is definitely one that I would really like to see adapted in some way in live action. I've actually come up with a few ideas myself. In this story, Batman has to quickly find and stop the Joker because he's basically tearing apart Jim Gordon's sanity. This is the most iconic version of Joker's origin. There hasn't really been another story that explains why he is the way he is and all that but this taps into how the Joker doesn't really have a clear past. Like in this book, it says he prefers his life to be like multiple choice. He's a very mysterious character that doesn't want to reveal actually how he became who he is. But this story is what everyone thinks of for how he became the Joker. And in this story is where he dons the Red Hood, which is what inspires Jason Todd to take on that persona of the Red Hood. But yeah, I'm not gonna get into anything more so I don't spoil it, but I haven't seen the animated adaptation of this, but I've heard it's very bad. It's one of apparently the most worst written adaptations that DC has done because they've changed so much in it. But I will always view this as Alan Moore's masterpiece. This has amazing art by Brian Boland. It does look freaky at some times. I always think of one panel specifically um, that I'm sure you will figure out what that is when you read it but it's a very very dark yet it captures the interesting nature of batman and joker's relationship and i won't spoil it again but you see how similar batman and joker are by the end of this story and the way this ends is also very open like many fans have different interpretations of how it ends and if you have read it or if you are about to read it and when you finish it just let me know how you think it ended, either in the comments of this video or DM me on Twitter. I'm always down to read this. This will always be my favorite Batman story, even though it's very much about the Joker. The Joker is one of my favorite comic book villains, or just villains in general too. But this story has been the inspiration behind many Jokers going forward. Like you have Heath Ledger who took inspiration from this. You have Joaquin Phoenix who took heavy inspiration from this. Not all of it is like adapted the same way, but you will see similarities when you read it. And just this book is so iconic that it's inspiration for so much. It's again, a short story, so it won't take you too long to read. I think I could read it in maybe 20, 25 minutes, but yeah, this is the best DC story I have in my collection, and I highly doubt this could change either. But yeah, so that's my top 10 DC list. I will have the link to um, each book on Amazon for you guys to check out. Some of them might be out of print, but I'll uh, see what I can do about that. That's my top 10 DC in my collection. Check out my top 10 Marvel in my collection. I'll have the link to that as well. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at thwip underscore media. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Thwip Media, and make sure to check out all my other work. And again, please um, check out my Batman v Superman trailer that I made. I'm going to have the link to that below as well. And if you're listening to this in podcast form, I will have the link to it as well. So please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thanks to anyone who is listening to this. I have seen the uh, viewership or listens, and I just, I appreciate anyone who's listening or watching this. So 
please share it around too. I'd very much appreciate it. And stay tuned for retweets and news I will be posting on Twitter. I will be doing a trailer reaction to the Flash trailer that will debut on Sunday at the Super Bowl. So be on the lookout for a reaction to that early next week. I'm also seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania next Friday. So expect a review of that shortly after that. I'm also planning out some other things. So stay tuned for all that. And thanks again for listening and watching, and I will see you all next time.